अथ पंचत्रिंशत्सर्ग तथो निधूय सहसा शिरो निश्वस्यचासकृत पाणिं पाणो विनिष्पिष्य दंतान कटकटायच लोचने कोप सम्रक्ते वर्णं पूर्वोचितं जहत कोपा विभूत सहसा संता पमशुभंगतः मनस्समीक्ष मानस्च सूतो दशरथस्यच कंपयन्निव कैकेया हृदयं वाक्षरैश्चितैः वाक्य वज्रैरणुपमैर निर्भिन्दन्निवचाशुभैः कैकेया सर्वमर्माणि सुमंत्रफ प्रत्यभाशता यस्यास्तवपतिस्त्यक्तो राजा दशरथस्वयं भर्ता सर्वस्य जगतस्थावरस्य चरस्य च नह्यकार्यतमंकिंचित्तवदेवीहविद्यते यथावयो हि राज्यानि प्राप्नुवंतिन्रपक्षये इक्ष्वाककुलनाथे स्पिम्स्तम्लो पैतुमिच्छसी राजा भवतुते पुत्रो भरतश्यास्तुमेदिनीम वयं तत्रगमिश्यामो यत्ररामो गमिश्यती नचते विशये कष्चित् ब्राम्हनो वस्तुमर नूनं सर्वेगमिश्यामो मार्गं रामनिशेवितं त्यक्तायाबान्धवै सर्वैर ब्राम्हनै साधुरिस्सदा काप्रीती राज्यलाभेन तवदेरि भविश्यती तादशंत्वम मर्यादं कर्म कर्त्वं जिकीर्षसी आश्चरियमिव पश्यामि यस्यास्ते वृत्तमी महाब्रम्हरिष सुष्टावा ज्वलंतो भीमदर्जनाह धिग्वाग दंडान हिम्संते राम प्रव्राजने स्थिताम आम्रं चित्वा कुठारेन निम्बं परिचरेत्तु कहा यश्चैनंपय सासिंचे नैवास्यमधुरो भवेत आभिजात्यं हिते मन्ये यथा मातुस्तथैवचा नहि बिम्बात् स्रवेत् क्षौद्रम् लोके निगदितं बचहा तवमातुर सद्ग्राहं बिद्म पूर्वं यथाश्रुतं पितुस्तेवर दह्कष्चित् ददव वरमनुत्तमं सर्वभूतरुतं तस्मात् संजग्ये वसुधाधिपहा तेन तिर्यग्गतानांच भूतानां विदितं बचहा पितुस्ते विदितो भावस्सतत्र बहुधा हसत, तत्रते जननी क्रुद्धा मृत्यपाशम भीपसती, हासंते नुरपते सौम्य जिज्ञा सामीति चाब्रवीत, नुरपश्चोवाचतां देवीम हासंशम्सामिते यदी, ततो मेमरनम सद्यो भविश्यतिन सम्षयहा, माताते पितरं देवी पुनहके शम्समे जीववामावा नमान्त्वं प्रहसिष्यसी प्रिययाचततोक्तस्सके कयफ्पृथिवीपतिही तस्मैतंबरदायार्थं कथयामासतत्वतः ततस्सवरदस्साधू राजानं प्रत्यभाशता 
ಮ್ರಿಯತಾಂಧ್ವಂಸತಾಂಮೇಯಂಮಾಶಂಸೀಸ್ವಂಮಹೀಪತೆ ಪಿತೃನ್ಸಮನುಜಾಯಂತೆನರಾಮಾತರಮಂಗನಾ ಶ್ರೀಮಾಂ ದಶರಥೋ ರಾಜ ದೇವಿ ರಾಜೀವಲೋಚನ ಜ್ಯೇಷ್ಠೋ ವದಾನ್ಯ ಕರ್ಮಣ್ಯ ಸ್ವಧರ್ಮಸ್ಯಾಪಿರಕ್ಷಿತ ರಕ್ಷಿತೀವಲೋಕಸ್ಯಲೀರಾಮೋಭಿಷಿಕ್ಷ್ಯತ ಪರಿವಾದೋ ಹಿ ತೇ ದೇವಿ ಮಹಾನ್ ಲೋಕೆ ಚರಿಷ್ಯತಿ ಯದಿ ರಾಮೋ ವನಂಗ್ಯಾತಿ ವಿಹಾಯ ಪಿತರಂ ನೃಪಂ ಸ್ವರಾಜ್ಯಂ ರಾಘವಃಪಾತು ಭವತ್ವಂ ವಿಗತ ಜ್ವರ ನಿತೆ ರಾಘವಾದನ್ಯ ಕ್ಷಮ ಪುರವರೇ ವಸನ್ ರಾಮೇಹಿ ಯೌವರಾಜ್ಯಸ್ಥೆ ರಾಜ ದಶರಥೋ ವನಂ ಪ್ರವೇಕ್ಷ್ಯತಿ ಮಹೇಶ್ವಾಸ ಪೂರ್ವವೃತ್ತಮನುಸ್ಮರನ್ ಇತಿಷ್ಟತೀಕ್ಷ್ಣೈಶ್ಚ ಕೈಕೈಯೀಂ ರಾಜಸಂಸದಿ ಭೂಯ ಸಂಕ್ಷೋಭಯಾಸ ಸುಮಂತ್ರಸ್ತು ಕೃತಾಂಜಲಿ ನೈವ ಸಾಕ್ಷುಭ್ಯತೆ ದೇವಿ ನ ಚಸ್ಮ ಪರಿದೂಯತೆ ಅಯೋಧ್ಯಾಂಡ and relax her insistence on sending Shri Rama into exile, Sumantra harshly reproaches her, reminding her of her mother's misbehavior towards her husband, Kaikeyi's father. Kaikeyi, however, remains adamant and does not budge even an inch from her purpose. Beating his head all of a sudden and sighing again and again, pressing his hand against the other and grinding his teeth, turning his eyes crimson with wrath, shedding his former normal colour, overwhelmed as he was with anger, and suddenly falling a prey to bitter agony, carefully reading the mind of Dasharatha, Sumantra spoke as follows, shaking Kaikeyi's heart as it were, with sharp arrows in the form of words, and as though piercing all her vitals with his acrimonious words, resembling so many peerless thunderbolts. Surely there is nothing on earth most undesirable for you, by whom your husband, King Dasharatha himself, the supporter of the entire creation, both immobile and mobile, stands betrayed, O Queen. I consider you to be the murderess of your husband and ultimately the exterminator of your race too, in that you torment with your actions your husband, who is invincible as the great Indra, unshakable as a mountain and imperturbable. as an ocean. Do not despise Dashratha, your husband and lord, the bestower of boons, 
as the will of a husband is superior to that of ten millions of sons. Indeed, on the death of a king, his sons inherit the sovereign rights according to seniority of age. You seek to violate this time-honored practice even in the presence lifetime of this ruler of the Ikshvakus. Let your son Bharata be crowned king and rule over the earth. We, for our part, shall go wheresoever Rama goes. Nor should any Brahmana dwell in your kingdom. If you perpetrate today such an act of impropriety as you are intent on perpetrating, we shall all positively follow the path resorted to by Sri Rama. What joy, O royal lady, will be derived through attainment of sovereignty by you, who will thus be deserted for good by all your kith and kin, brahmanas and other pious souls? You seek to perpetrate such an act of impropriety. I reckon it a wonder that the earth is not immediately rent asunder as a sequel to your resorting to such improper conduct. Nor do rods of punishment in the form of fiery and obviously fearful reproach uttered by great Brahmana sages Vasishta and others kill you who are bent on exiling Sri Rama. Who on earth will nurture a neem tree with its proverbially bitter leaves and fruits, etc., felling down a mango tree with an axe? And a neem tree will not turn sweet for him who nourishes it with milk. Indeed, I account your innate disposition to be exactly similar to that of your mother. The proverb is often quoted in the world that surely honey does not flow from a neem tree. We know, as heard of in the past, the intentness of your mother on evil. Someone capable of granting boons bestowed a most excellent boon on your father. By virtue of it, the king, your father, could understand the language of all created beings. The talk of those belonging to the subhuman species was thereby understood by him. From the shrill cry of a bird heard by him while in his bed, the meaning of it was accordingly deciphered by your exceedingly glorious father, and he laughed over it repeatedly. Your mother grew indignant at this, and seeking even to hang him in case he refused to disclose the reason of his laughter, spoke as follows. I wish to know the meaning of your laughter, O gentle monarch. The king too replied to that royal lady, If I tell you the reason of my laughter, my death will speedily follow from it. There is no doubt about it. Your mother then said to your father, the ruler of the Kekayas, Live or die as you will. In any case, tell me the reason of your laughter. Then alone shall I be satisfied that you shall not laugh at me hereafter. Told thus by his beloved consort, the said king of the Kekayas, for his part, correctly reported the matter to the sage who had bestowed the boon on him. Thereupon the holy man who had bestowed the boon on him replied to the king, Let her die or depart from your house for her parents' home. Reveal you not the secret to her, O ruler of the earth. Hearing the aforesaid reply of the holy man, who was pleased at heart with him, and speedily repudiating your mother, the king, your father, lived happily like Kubera, the god of riches. Treading on the path trodden by wicked men and seeing evil everywhere, you too likewise are urging this emperor through infatuation to adopt an evil course. The popular saying on this subject 
that males take after their father and females after their mother appears to me as true. Do not follow the ways of your mother and accept that which the emperor enjoins on you. Following the will of your husband, be a protectress to these people here. Do not, as incited by the wicked, constrain your husband, who is at the same time the protector of the world and wise in splendor with Indra to adopt an improper course of conduct. The glorious and lotus-eyed King Dasharatha, who is free from sin, would not belie the promise made by him to you, O royal lady. Let Rama, the eldest of his sons, who is generous, strong and given to righteous acts and is capable not only of vindicating his own duty as a Kshatriya but also of protecting the entire living creation, be installed on the throne of Ayodhya. A great calumny will surely spread about you, O royal lady, if Rama goes to the forest leaving his royal father. Let Sri Rama, a scion of Raghu, protect his own kingdom and be you free from anxiety. Ruling over Ayodhya, the foremost of cities, no king other than Sri Rama will be favorably disposed to you. Bearing in mind the conduct of his forebears, King Dasharatha, who wields a mighty bow, will surely retire to the forest in the event of Sri Rama being installed in the office of Prince Regent. In this way, with folded hands, Sumantra, for his part, violently shook Kaike with pungent remarks as well as with kind words in the king's court. The said queen, however, was neither excited nor agonized nor was any change observed at that time in the color of her face. Thus ends Canto 35 in the Ayodhya Kanda of the glorious Ramayana of Valmiki, the work of a Rishi and the oldest epic.